welcome to the first episode of the Sobriety Vibes podcast. I thought it would be good to start off with my friend Meg, who is also sober and has been sober a little bit more than me, I think a month or so before me. But I thought we would have really interesting things to talk about together. We're really close friends and she's great. So, hello, Meg. Hi, how are you going? Yes, good, 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 good. So I thought we could start off um, by sharing a bit of your story, how you became sober, what your life was like before sobriety, all the good stuff. (laughs) Um, So I am eight months and 29 days sober, which is 272 days today. Um, I've tried to, I tried to go sober a few times Um, I went cold turkey and that didn't really work the first time. And then I thought trying just, you know, having a drink with dinner or, you know, when I go out for a special occasion and that really didn't work. Um, Mm -hmm. I then it was probably when I started to realise that my friends were pushing me away um, and they were stepping away from, you know, my bullshit and I was impossible to be around, I realised that I really needed to take a good hard look at myself because everything revolved around drinking and partying. I couldn't pay my rent. I was failing uni. And then when my family started to get sick of my shit, I realised that I really needed to make some changes. And, you know, for a really long time I had this need to prove myself to be the loudest and the wildest and the most offensive, but, as I'm sure you all know, that isn't fun for anyone to be around. Um, mm-hmm. It's not cool blacking out at a party. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, that that girl I was is, you know, always a part of me, but she's not who I want to be anymore. And I'm deciding that I can change and grow and be a healthier person. Um, I can, you know, I can be quiet at an event and I am still a valid person to have at a party, even if I'm quiet and sit at the back and just watch things go by. Definitely. Um, Yeah. And it's been really nice. It's been a hell of a year to be sober, but if, you know, people ever say that you can't or don't change, you know, if people don't change, I am the person that is proving them all wrong because I have changed my entire life in the last nine months. Yeah, definitely. And I think you touched on a really good point with, with lockdown and like this year is such a triggering year for people. I found um, just through talking to people over Instagram on my Instagram page and um, hearing people's stories that lockdown, especially in Australia and in Melbourne, it's really promoting day drinking and sitting inside, having a wine, you know, all, all that stuff. Um, Have you found that that's been triggering for you at all? Yeah, absolutely. I, I speak to my mom a lot about this. She's really great. She's been a really great support for me. And I was saying to her how great it's been that there's been no events and I haven't felt the need to go out. But so many social media posts and so many TikToks are like, oh, it's 10 a.m. Monday morning. I'll just have a wine. No one's stopping me. And that is something that I have really struggled with is just like, oh, I could, you know, I could just be drunk the whole time. You know, no one would care. No, it wouldn't matter. But exactly. Exactly. And there's that other, there's that other side though, that says, you know, and I, I have been triggered as well by, especially TikTok. I feel like TikTok has such a 
young audience but has such adult things that it talks about absolutely it's so strange it promotes drinking like you know rosé and I've seen lots of stuff about rosé over social media Mm. but there's the other side that says um you know the world's shut down so it's it's there's no bars to go to there's no restaurants to have drinks at like do you think that that's made it easier or like I think it's there's two sides to it yeah absolutely and I was trying to think of the right um, phrase where it's it's not a catch-22, it's not really bittersweet, it's just, you know, there's two sides to it and that is it's really easy because I don't have any FOMO at the moment, I don't feel like I'm missing out, but that's not really my problem. My thing is that I always wanted to be drunk and I just, you know, I loved the idea of it and just having a drink whenever I want and not having to drive anywhere, just... I thought, you know, in the beginning, I thought it was freedom to drink whenever, but I've sort of, as I've gotten older, I've realized that that is not at all the truth and it is exactly totally debilitating. I think we were, we were very similar drinkers. I feel like we were both the party girl. We were both the loudest, the most fun in quotations. If you can see my hands, I was doing quotations with fun. Yeah, big quotations. (laughs) Big quotations with fun. And I think that was a a thing we really thought about ourselves that we, you know, we were the party girl and that drinking, you know, was something that was fun and like enjoyable. But I think we were different drinkers because I, I mean, I don't think I've ever spoken to you about this maybe, but I never drank by myself. Like I never, I never drank. Mine was always purely social. It was always purely yeah to be more fun to have more fun like I and I don't think you were a sit at home with a wine drinker were you no I have I'm exactly the same I have never had a drink on my own yeah and that's the weird thing about this quarantine where I've sort of on lockdown the idea that I could do that is really strange to me because I've never been someone that just sits at home and you know has a drink and all of a sudden there's all these possibilities to do it. And I sort of had to look at myself and be like, you don't want to be that person. You've come so far. It's not worth it. Yeah. And it would be so like, it would just be a frustrating thing to add something that wasn't already there, you know, yeah. like, to add drinking at home to your repertoire of, you know, drinking habits. Um, so oh, yeah, we were, we're, this, we're the same in that sense that we, we weren't, like at home, sitting at home, having a wine, which I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing or a neutral thing because to me sitting at home and having a wine sounds classier than going out, you know, to a party, getting smashed, getting, you know, having a huge hangover. Like there's two sides to to drinking as well, I think. Um, I think you're exactly right with the classiness of drinking. I just just realised that sitting at home with a wine in my silk pyjamas with nothing to do just seems so bougie and I think that's what was appealing it to does. me. It does. Yeah, it does. And, and I, I think like, lockdown really has emphasised that because you just visualise people at home, you know, having a red wine, you know, because it's been cold and, like, you know, doing I've, – I've definitely visualised that as well. I mean, I've been drawn to it, especially with social media. Like, it's, it's just crazy the amount of – 
you know, drinking and advertising and promoting drinking there is there. And, Absolutely. And lockdown, I feel, yeah, it's that classiness, that that feeling of being bougie, like, oh, I'll just have a wine, you know, tonight with dinner mm-hmm. or, you know, something like that. It's just, it's it's bizarre to me how lockdown has worked, but it has done, to me, I've, I've, I've thought of it and I've thought of myself as really lucky that I became sober and then lockdown happened because to me, bars are the most triggering thing. Yes. Bars and restaurants and people's parties, they are things that I think almost are off limits at the moment. Yeah. I think they are things that are just, I'm too, I'm too young in, in the <laughs> yes. sobriety game. I'm too new to, to go out and, and to, to be in a packed bar to be in a packed restaurant or at someone's party where everyone's, you know, getting smashed. And, and I think lockdown, I think it's been a good thing for me. Yeah. And I, is that the same with you, do you think? Um, so I actually went out a few times sober and I'd done it prior to um, my current sobriety streak when I – so I actually got up to about six months once before this. And oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I wasn't really trying. It just sort of happened and I realised at six months that I was at six months. So I decided to reward myself with a three-day bender. And yeah. um, that was, yeah, sort of one of, the, one of the things that made me stop and think about what I was doing. But it was then that I, you know, went out and I was like, oh, just have one drink. And that is my tipping point is just, oh, just have mm-hmm. one. And I never just have one. Um, yeah, I get a feeling inside me that says, no, you can't, you can't just have one. You've got to have more than one. Yeah. Cause if it's one, then it's two, then it's three. And then all the inhibitions are out the window and then exactly. you're, you know, you're up to 15 and you're like, oh, well, how did I get here? Yeah. You know? And it's because of that one, like you said. Yeah. It's just, it's just that one drink. But yeah, the, I went out a few times and for me, I draw all my independence from having my car and being able to drive. So being able to go out by the time I, it got to about 10 o'clock and everyone was already really drunk and I'd sort of managed that urge of having a drink, I um, was able to go home and be like, I don't care. Everyone's too drunk to know that I've left. I got to drive home in the safety of my car, sober, and get in bed, take off my makeup, take off my shoes and just climb into my own bed and f- wake up feeling refreshed yes exactly there's that no hangover is is really it's revolutionary because yeah for, for a long time in our lives I think you know a good percentage of our lives have been hungover oh, you know right. and and multiple days hungover which yeah. I I never acknowledged and I never I never really thought I you know I knew it was a bad thing for the morning but then mm. I'd eat a really big greasy meal and then think I was over it but then the anxiety that's after it yeah you know the what like people on Instagram I've heard them call it anxiety. yes you know it's just it's that feeling of that that stays with you after the hangover and after you've been drinking where you're so anxious and it's you can feel it in your chest I really felt those way that way for a long time and never acknowledged it yeah until at the very end yeah, that's something I do not miss is the anxiety or the demons. I call it demons. Oh, demons. That's yeah, a good one. your Sunday morning demons. 
and I do yeah. not miss them. I have enough when I'm sober. I don't need to be adding those, you know, Sunday morning demons. I do not need to be lying in bed for three days because I can't bring myself to face what I did on a night out. You know, I yeah. just I just don't need to be lying in bed thinking about the horrible feeling of checking my bank account. It just is so unnecessary. Or all the friends mm-hmm. I added on Facebook who I don't want anything to do with in the daylight hours. That is so true I have so many friends that I made at clubs or bars and like I'm sure they're lovely people but I just do not want that like those vibes around me anymore you yeah, know that you need it yeah no but how like I I'm interested to know like about your mental health compared to a year ago to now like what what what's the difference um firstly I am so much happier with myself because I have this tangible thing where when I get a bit down or if I'm doubting who I am I can look at this thing that I've done and I can count the 272 days and be like look at this amazing thing you've done like it doesn't feel like it it doesn't seem like it every day but I can always come back to my sobriety and that day and that I've got one thing under my belt, if nothing else. Like if one day I haven't had a drink, it's a good day, if nothing else. So that has been huge for my mental health because for me I need things to hang on to and I need things to remind me that, you know, I'm a good person even if I've done shitty things in the past. And, um, And not having to worry about, you know, things I've done on a night out or, you know, how much money I spent on a night out or things like, or, you know, not going to work because it was, I slept through seven alarms because I thought I could just, mm-hmm. you know, go out and wake up in the morning, even though I went to bed at 5am and just, yeah. it's, it doesn't happen. And I have so much more clarity about everything that I do, like things like that, because I don't have this fog and I don't have this constant need to be going out and getting drunk to, you know, clear the fog because it's too much to handle like it's just a big cycle yeah I think like uh, from hearing other people's stories like over Instagram especially I keep going back to Instagram because that's where I've really found you know me and you we have so much in common you and I that sounds terrible (laughs) me and you what the um, you and I have so much in common about our stories but through Instagram I found the stories are so similar with Mm. a lot of people especially with their mental health I think you know alcohol really puts a big pressure on on not pressure what's the word I'm trying to find like a big dampener on your mental health absolutely because it really it exacerbates everything well people use it as an escape and it's not an escape it's just uh push it onto the next day push it away for a few hours push it to the side yeah yeah it's just deal with it later like future me's problem and that's not how I need to operate I'm 25 and I need to be doing healthy things for my mental health exactly and has that improved like have you been doing healthier things for your mental health absolutely and for me my my mental health goes hand in hand with my physical health and over summer what I did to replace my lack of drinking and going out 
I ran. So I just got up one day and I just ran. I think I started with about a K and a half and I just kept going each day and I pushed myself. And I think after it was only like three months, I was up to about eight Ks. And yeah, it slacked off a heap since the lockdown because I've moved around a bit and I got injured. I tried to run through shin splints, which please everyone don't ever do that. (laughs) It's a terrible idea. Um, But yeah, so for me, being physically healthy really improved my mental health. And the only way I was able to be physically healthy was because I wasn't hungover and losing days and staying in bed and missing out on being out and outdoors and, you know, eating all those shitty foods that we make the excuses for. Yeah, those hangover foods. Yeah, and then, you know, the flip side of that is just like spending two days throwing my guts up and, Mm -hmm. you know, and that is just so bad in so many ways. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I like that, that your physical health goes along with your mental health. I think yeah. that's something I'm yet to tackle. I think my mental health I've really tackled. I've really, you know, figured out how my brain works sober yeah. and how it works on alcohol. And I figured out the best things for my mental health. But the physical health aspect I still need to conquer. I still need to <laughs> figure hard. that out. It is hard. It's I really a, hard. I had a good base. I knew what my body could do. Um, I yeah. was really fit at school and I let it drop off as everyone does when they go to uni and become a binge drinker. And yes. So it, I knew that I could get back to that point and so I just, I also kind of ignore the fact that I'm sober, which is um, just one way I've gone about it. That is one difference we have. Um, you've been so open to your sobriety, which I just love and have so much respect for this podcast your instagram page it's so inspiring so much so that i've agreed to do this podcast but yeah yes that's the thing i was surprised and i've got to say this i was surprised that you were keen to do the podcast because i know that you and this is not a negative thing but you are quite quiet about your sobriety and you're quite i mean i would say like Mm -hmm. humble and private and whereas i'm like hello Yeah. (laughs) yeah so i I think for me it was kind of not ignoring it but um, sort of ignoring alcohol really helped me to get through those. I did it. I totally did it by myself. I didn't let anyone in. I didn't seek any help. Um, and that's not a brag. That's just how I had to do it and how I got that's through it. That's a reality, yeah. Yeah, so I was very alone. I did have a lot of anxiety in the beginning because I mean, we can talk about the dreams. <laughs> I think yes, definitely talk about the dreams, but yeah, I, I really just was like, if I don't talk about it, I don't have to deal with it and I can just be sober and no one's going to question me. I'm not going to question me and I can just get on with my sober life. And it's sort of only now that I'm sort of coming to terms with the fact that I am sober and I can be sober as a person. I, it's not me not having alcohol. It's me being sober. And that's like, you know, kind of two different things that I didn't see as different things. Yeah, that's interesting because I've always, and I, I guess I, I, and I noticed when you came over last and I had alcohol-free wine and you'd never had it before and I was so surprised Yeah, because I was so 
like deep in the sobriety world of going of knowing all the terms and like doing all the things and you know whereas you were like very much doing it on your own and figuring it out by yourself which would have been a very daunting process I think I can imagine Um, yeah it was it's definitely been difficult but I think for me I the reason I got sober was because it was too much and it was just easier to shut it out and that I do not recommend that for anyone. I had a really great support system with my mum and with um, friends of mine who I used to drink with and, you know, had lived with and stuff. They knew and they were, I mean, it took a minute, but they were supportive once I explained. And they'd all seen me drunk. So they were like, "Mm, yeah. And it was, there's nothing like your friends telling you you should be sober to make you know that. Exactly. When they say, like, when I got sober, like, I told a few people and they were like, good. Yeah. Instantly. And I was like, what? Yeah. (laughs) I was like, wait, you knew? Like, you knew I had a problem? I was so shocked. And I was like, oh, wait. I was yeah. drunk all the time and really loud and really obnoxious and yeah. even more obnoxious than I normally am. So Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm no worse than anyone else. And then a few people were like, oh, no, I think I think sobriety is really good for you. And I was like, Oh, okay, <laughs> ouch. But I guess we will <laughs> I guess we can yeah. see it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's good though. I think like it's really important to have those supports around you and for people not to question it. I think, and, and it's something that I haven't experienced yet, but, um, you know, people questioning your sobriety, like, well, why aren't you drinking? Yeah. You know, like, why aren't you, you know, are you pregnant? Are you on antibiotics? Are you sick? Are you, you know, those questions driving? Are you like, is it for your health? Is it for this? And I was like, no, I just, I don't want to tell you why, because, you know, but I think there's this weird this is something that we haven't even spoken about, but I feel like there's this weird respect for someone who is an alcoholic who has quit drinking. Yes. And the thing is that people have to see you hit rock bottom to earn that respect in a weird way. I I don't know whether I agree with that. that, Like, I, I mean, I agree with you, but I'm saying I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, that concept of having to hit rock bottom yeah well that's the thing I because I was I don't know if I was rock bottom but I was very close and I don't want to know what's further but um it's I'm realizing that you don't have to be rock bottom you don't have to be the worst person out there you don't even have to be more than like a wine a night drinker you can be sober you know, you don't have to hit rock bottom. But exactly. For when you're trying to explain it to people who are not sober or not sober curious or have not even considered that sobriety is an option, mm-hmm. um, that, yeah, they seem to sort of not understand that you're sober unless you've hit rock bottom or you've exactly. been, you know, you've been to rehab or there's like an actual reason to not yeah. drink. Like there's got to be a reason that you don't drink. And it, it's not. It's simply that you've made a conscious decision, you know, to not have alcohol in your life and that's totally valid. And it should, it's a healthy option. So I don't know why people question it so much. Like it's not like we're going, I'm going to only eat Maccas for the rest of my life. People are like, why? That's so unhealthy. Why are you going to do that? And if I said I'm only going to drink alcohol for the rest of my life, people would be like, oh, good on ya, you know. You know, it's that, yeah, it's just. It's it's a very strange topic for people, and I think especially Australians. I yeah. think we have a very special relationship with alcohol. I think we encourage it. We, 
Um, you know, if anything, like the advertising that I've seen in Australia. Yeah. And I don't know because I know that a lot of people that follow my Instagram are from America and England and I can't talk about, I don't know about their advertising, but I know in Australia it is everywhere. It oh, is constant. Completely everywhere. Like you're watching footy and there's beer ads. Yeah. You know, sponsors of the footy are beer. And, yeah, you know, Carlton Draft goes around it every like five minutes. It goes around the yeah. whole stadium. I I don't think that people I don't think everyone should quit drinking, but I think everyone should definitely take a look at what kind of a hold it has on your life because we are totally bombarded with alcohol ads, especially. I don't know if you know this, but you can set Instagram to show you less ads about specific things. So I turned off alcohol advertising. Oh, I should do that. Yeah. And I wanted to, because I, 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 I brought up before about the um, non-alcoholic wine, because I mm. am a big believer in non-alcoholic drinks. I think I'm, I, I haven't gone into the spirits world yet. I've seen it on Instagram. Um, I don't think I could. A company. I don't think I could do spirits either. I, I don't, don't like alcohol that much. <laughs> I yeah. Like the, I think you've said it before. I've seen you say it on your the IGTV you put up. It is with alcohol-free wine. And what I didn't realise until I came and had a drink with you, like a fake drink, um, (laughs) that it is the popping the bottle and pouring a drink and having something in your hand and being able to, you know, converse while you're sipping a cold drink. You can do that without it being alcoholic and get those good feelings. And I had not realised that until we had that, um, the Maggie beer wine, which the best thing about that is it doesn't taste like alcohol. It was exactly. And, and that's the thing that I love. I love about my non-alcoholic wines that I've picked out and usually they're Maggie beer. They don't taste like alcohol. And I like that. I think the, the sentiment is the same. Like, and I only drink them on a very special occasion. Like a friend, you know, like I wanted to have one with you because I wanted to share the non-alcoholic wine with you and be like, how cool is this? We can yeah. still like have a champagne bottle go off, but we don't get plastered and then ruin our night and then yeah. the next day, you know? Absolutely. But these, I found these Australian companies who do, a, gin seems to be very popular, the oh. non-alcoholic gin. Is this um Monday Distillery? Monday Distillery. And also there's. um, I have tried that and it is delightful. Is it? Does My, it taste like gin though? Um, it's sort of got the quinine flavour of the tonic water, but it's it's really nice. It's just kind of a slightly bitter drink with like a bit more. I, I don't really know how to describe it. It's um, My boss bought it for me over summer because he was so lovely. He was so supportive of my, you know, going sober, but he didn't want me to miss out over summer on everyone having a drink. And, um, oh, lovely. Yeah, his, he knows the people that own the distillery and so he got me a whole lot of this um this non-alcoholic gin and it was so funny we had a drink of it together and I was like oh it's like it's really nice but it's kind of missing something and he's like yeah the gin (laughs) the alcohol yeah the alcohol so and he's like I might just go and put a little shot of gin in here and I was like you do whatever you need to do (laughs) I'm really enjoying it so I think this podcast was was a really great start. I think, you know, because we both have similar stories. I think we both have similar outlooks and we had similar histories with alcohol. So I think it's been really interesting to talk to you and kind of flesh out our stories together. 
yeah and what I... we think of you know mental health social media all that good stuff that we talked about I have honestly found this incredibly cathartic. I feel really good after this conversation. So thank you so much. No, that's good. That's such good. An I honor. feel it too. Yeah, I feel it too. So I will leave it here. Um, thank you for talking to me, Meg. You're a, you're a champion. Thank you so much for having me.